Well, hello, Alex. Yero, it is very nice to see you. Hola, Jim. ¿Cómo está usted? Eh, oh, hola, ¿cómo, eh, ¿cómo estamos? Aquí en Tijuana. Muy, muy bien. So I wasn't expecting to begin the podcast this way, but today I was out having tacos right by uh, the airport here in TJ. Yeah. And the Parque, ¿cómo se llama? Parque uh, Fuerza Mexicana. Okay. Fuerza Aria Mexicana. Yeah. And... The, the taqueria, they were playing this radio program, and it was like a, it, it was kind of like a news program, but they had a gringo on it, and he was speaking Spanish, and he was like, aquí ustedes todos, todos saben que aquí a la frontera, que, que tenemos la comida mejor aquí in, in Tijuana. Yeah, we and can... I was like, it, this is hurting my ears. I can't <laughs> listen to this gringo like this. We should, we should probably try and talk like that for an entire podcast next time. Dude, That'd no. so funny. Porque todos podemos hablar como no. si fuéramos americanos. No, I, I asked the guy. I was like, because I still give it respect. Like, Because yeah. he was totally fluent in Spanish but had zero accent. Yeah. But I asked the guy. He's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, 99.7 in Invasora, in, in, in Invasora, yeah. So ninety nine point seven FM, La Invasora, yeah. was the program, and this was today, maybe like ten AM. Mm-hmm. We were listening in, and it was cool. But anyway, so what do you want to share with your people today, uh, Jim? Have today. you actually ever told everyone exactly everything that you do? I, I don't know if you have in the podcast or not. Um. Well, you know, uh, well, I'm married, and I'm an awesome husband to my awesome wife, Yasmin. Yeah. On my best days, that happens. And uh, <laughs> if you ask her, well, yes, me and I, my wife and I, we've been married for a year now. My wife is Tapatia, which for those of you that don't know, that means that she's from Guadalajara. And if you ever hear people say, Oye, las, las Tapatias tienen los ojos más bonitas en el mundo, that means Tapatias, women from, from Guadalajara, have the most beautiful eyes mm-hmm. in the world. And my wife is one of them. So what do I do? I'm enjoying first year of being married and learning a lot doing that. Mm-hmm. And professionally, um, you know, I work in San Diego. Um, been working uh, part time over these last five years um, as a restaurant server, mm-hmm. but also uh, attended San Diego State for masters of social work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only studied a year in that program and then left to launch what is uh, becoming now Immersion Living Tijuana. Yeah. And working with Americans here in Tijuana to learn Spanish through an experience of the culture. Mm-hmm. And you recently got a shout out on a TED Talk, on a TEDx Talk. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, thanks to Rachel Christensen. Shout she, out. To she Rachel. works. Uh, Rachel. She works at USD, so University of San Diego, and uh, and Rachel works at the Trans Border Institute and does a lot of great work here in Tijuana with. USD students, bringing them down to get to know more about the city and get to know more about, for today in particular, uh, this will be highlighted, uh, immigration. Mm -hmm. I wanted to dedicate this episode primarily to, uh, excuse me, not education, to immigration. Okay. And we're going to, you know, talk about like, like we normally do about the social stuff, the life of Tijuana, but in particular, this issue of immigration, because I've been asked by a lot of Americans, Mm -hmm. both friends and just community members, Hey, what's going on in Tijuana right now? How safe has it been? What's the border like been weight? What's the border weight been like? Um, what kind of stuff are you seeing? Because we're seeing stuff that's on the international nightly news that it, it makes it look, it makes it look kind of scary. Yeah. And I tell them like, honestly, where Yasmin and I live in La Libertad, 
we're really not personally affected by it. We can actually see the San Ysidro International border mm-hmm. from our from our balcony. Yeah. And we're not affected personally where we're at by it, nor mm-hmm. our immediate neighbors. Yeah. And and you here you live here I in mean, Portugal. Honestly, I live like 15 minute, 20 minute drive from the border. Uh, very close to the Cholo Stadium. We don't notice it at all unless we're actually getting close to the border. Now, I must admit, though, that when you watch the photojournalists and their images or when you watch uh, newspapers or videos online and you see it from that particular angle, what they're presenting, it does almost seem kind of movie-like surreal, right? It, it does. Um, Alex, what was uh, what would you say has been your most impactful moment? Uh, because because we'll we'll talk about today on the, on the program mm-hmm. really just briefly we, we have a 30 minute program so there's a lot that we could get into but but we just frankly we won't but we'll get into what uh what we know what we've experienced and i think it's important to know that as we discuss this topic we're coming at it from just locals we're not yeah. experts on the subject we're not academics on it mm-hmm. we're not involved in, in the legalities of it all mm-hmm. we're we're average people who live here in tijuana mm-hmm. you've grown up here and yeah. I've been here for my last three years. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're coming at it really from that perspective. And as well as those who know and work with Americans here in Tijuana, mm-hmm. learning Spanish through an experience of the culture. Even though I'm not involved directly at all, uh, I do come from a social work background. So so I, mm-hmm. I get to kind of experience that and I get to be somewhat involved every now and then when I'm uh, helping uh, universities or students or nonprofits kind of collaborate in, in in any way I can, but I have been very distant compared to other community engagements that I've done in the past. And of course, I'm not an expert in the subject at all. Uh, I come from it mostly from, like you said, like a local, like someone that has a love for for the border community that's grown up here all my life and has have seen many changes come in and out of what the border dynamics are. Well, you're doing some work at this juncture part-time over in Otai. So yeah. you cross the border. I mean, what's it been like for you crossing? Because that's been one of the major just logistically people we want to so, know, oh my God, is the border going to be closed? Yeah. Will I have to be waiting seven hours across? What's up? So I don't think it's gotten as bad as it got when it was 9-11. Oh, uh, really? Happened. Okay. Uh, so of course, it's a very different uh moment in time right 11 i heard they closed it down for for a whole yeah, day so they would they would close it down for several hours or several days like, several days yeah wow. so i mean you would not know exactly when you would be able to cross like and, and what i mean by several days is not that there was like 48 hours or 72 hours um completely but it was like you would not know like they would go shut down the border for like six hours and then right. they will open it up for an hour and then it would shut down again and you wouldn't know exactly what was going on and now that was something that happened in another part of the country uh, in the u.s and it had a very different impact socially culturally and in life right in those moments so somewhat a different context but for us at the border it's it's the closest thing that I have that I'm aware of where, where it was noticeable that there was a change right. at the border. I've I've been very surprised just at, at the militarization of the border. Yeah, that's been one thing. Yeah, that's that's been interesting. Yeah. I've been surprised at how many people, uh, Central Americans and other asylum seeking refugees, are are willing to just cross 
through random places in, in the border right. and the fence. And, and those homeboys that climbed up to the top of the yeah, wall and, and them doing that, that kind of stuff. Beast. That was <laughs> yeah, Climbing up to the, yeah. to the top and, and kind of taunting some of the, some of the, um, of the military border patrol. And again, I mean, you, you kind of put yourself into that perspective and you kind of understand it where it's like they've they've traveled so for so long Thousands from so far away that for them to see something like that, for us, it's like, oh, it's the border, right? It's like the, the annoying wall. Well, right? for them, that's their, their meta. Exactly. And for them, it's a very kind of interesting thing. And I, I don't want to get too political on this whole thing, but it's it's kind of odd that if you kind of look at the map from Central America to the U.S. with Mexico in between, heading over to Tijuana is not a straight line. <laughs> like it's no. not the most direct place to go if you want to cross the border, right? So that's kind of interesting. Hey, out of respect for our listeners who yeah. do listen to this program regularly, they know around that five-minute mark yeah. is Espanol. Entonces, yes. so, we'll- so, so this is it. We go now into Spanish, uh-huh. slow Spanish. And listen in, check in for roughly the last five minutes to get a recap of everything in English. So this is your time right now, Americans. You're learning Spanish. We're going to go slow, uh, as slow as we And we will be talking try. about the same subjects, right? So, and then we'll get back in English at the yeah. end. Entonces. Three, two, one, and switch. Y, y se me hizo muy curioso como la dinámica desde llegar de Centroamérica hasta Tijuana se ha llevado a cabo, siendo que la frontera con todos Estados Unidos y México es muy grande, ¿no? Y no es lo más práctico intentar cruzar por aquí, por Tijuana. A, a mí, personalmente, lo que me ha impactado, si lo pudiera llamar de esa manera, he notado es de que no estoy acostumbrado a ver la frontera militarizada. Ni yo. O sea, no estoy acostumbrado a ver policías federales del lado americano y policías federales del lado mexicano eh, haciendo muros. De... Pues, dude, que te, te viste a, a, al, al equipo de las unidades, o sea, de, de, de los SWAT. Sí, el antimotín. Dude, como, como ¿no? el equipo, su, su, sus armas y todo su, ¿cómo se dice? Like, pues, eh, um, like equipment, like, the, the, like protective gear. Pues, era increíble. <laughs> sí. Yes. Se, se ve muy raro porque son cosas que puedes ver o notar en otras partes cuando ves noticias. Por ejemplo, si hay este, demostraciones en, no sé, en Francia o en, en Inglaterra o hay demostraciones en, en Palestina o algo, lo ves y, y ves, al, ves el, las policías antimotín deteniendo a, a la ciudadanía, ¿no? No me había tocado observar eso directamente que esté sucediendo en mi ciudad. O sea, no. Son cosas que te imaginas que suceden en otras partes. Como casi en otro planeta. Ajá, y no es... necesariamente aquí, aunque seamos una zona sumamente conflictiva, es uh-huh. una zona muy controversial por las cuestiones de narcotráfico, por las cuestiones de migración también, y por las cuestiones de, pues, de la dinámica fronteriza que se tiene, pero nunca a este grado donde vemos que ponen alambre de púas, que sacan el equipo antimotín, uh-huh. que ponen barreras extras, eh, enfrentamientos literalmente sí. de los dos lados, ¿no? Que pues es, es otra dinámica, es interesante. Sí. Sé, sé que uh, pues uh, mi esposo y yo, Yasmin, que vimos manejando, que vimos a sus lugares con sus casas de acampar, sus carpas y todo eso, uh-huh. como en, en los áreas 
uh, urbanas y que también pues vimos algunas demostraciones como en la, la glorieta Cuauhtémoc. Pero otro que esa, lo más loco que nosotros hemos visto era cuando nos cruzamos el Día de Acción de Gracias, o en inglés, Thanksgiving. When we crossed that day, cuando cruzamos ese día, como sus casi 20 carriles se cerraban hasta como tres. Uh -huh. Y arriba eran los helicópteros, uh -huh. pues los, los de SWAT, del equipo de SWAT, como barbed wire, no sé cómo se dice. Alambre de púas. Hacia alambre de púas. Enrollado. Tiene los, un nombre específico cuando está enrollado de esa manera. No me acuerdo ahorita, pero es alambre de púas. Los, los journalists. Periodistas. Los periodistas, todo eso. Y era como que tú no manches que, que nos sentimos que estamos en el medio de, de las noticias internacionales, mm. pero de un, de un país muy lejano. Mm -hmm. Entonces, pero ahorita... Les digo a los americanos que la verdad estamos mucho mejor. Um, siento que hay más estabilidad. Que hay más estabilidad ahorita a la frontera, a la garita de San Isidro. Y que no he escuchado de, de ningún... Clau, no, y algo que, es, algo que es muy importante resaltar, creo yo, es de que... Tijuana tiene casi 3 millones de habitantes. Ya, yeah, pues más grande que San Diego. Yes, Tijuana es sí. bigger than San Diego. Ah, y, y Tijuana tiene un flujo de migrantes eh, diarios, mm -hmm. o sea, personas que cruzan la frontera de más de 100 mil personas al día, sí. que van y vienen todos los días. Entonces, sí es mucho este efecto de, de los refugiados que vienen pidiendo asilo, que son creo que aproximadamente poco más de 4,000 ahorita, si mal no recuerdo, uh -huh. pero verdaderamente que impacte la vida cotidiana de todo Tijuana, sí. definitivamente no. Creo que las personas que se llegaron a sentir agredidas, tijuanenses locales, o que llegaron a mostrar cierto desagrado y que se mostró cierta xenofobia por las circunstancias. Xenofobia eh, es xenofobia. Yeah. Es, es más que nada porque su desacuerdo estaba mal canalizado, uh -huh. siento yo, como es un fenómeno que no estamos acostumbrados a verlo de esa manera. Fue muy, muy emocional, muy visceral la reacción, sin verdaderamente ponerse a considerar el verdadero impacto que estaba teniendo, ¿no? O sea, estaban como que eh, y exagerando un poco. Recordando a nuestra audiencia, los americanos, ¿qué, ¿qué crees, qué piensas para ellos que ellos de, deberían tener cuidado para llegar aquí a la ciudad en, en la zona urbana? Eh, no se van a, a las playas. No se van a dar cuenta. Yo creo que lo más, be fine. lo más incómodo sería verdaderamente la posibilidad de quedarte atorado tiempo extra en la garita. So eh, just a longer wait in the, in the borderline uh -huh. for Americans who come down now. Eh, yeah, claro. Este, y posiblemente eh, nada más, más peligroso, policías, más patrullas, pero nada, nada que vaya a afectar mucho su experiencia local. Porque al final de cuentas siempre hemos sido una frontera con mucho flujo migratorio. Quiero notar por, uh, para los americanos, mm -hmm. escuchando, 
Um, por, para ustedes que quieren saber más de este tema, hay un, hay un gran documental uh -huh. de, de la revista Vice. Entonces, so, Vice Magazine, uh -huh. they have a great documentary series and they have one that talks about this topic. Ellos tienen un episodio que, que platican de este tema de inmigración. Uh -huh. Pues voy a escribirlo en las notas uh -huh. de, de este podcast. Y este uh, estrena el profesor Victor Clark Alfaro uh -huh. de San Diego State y que él es experto uh -huh. en, en este tema de migración. Entonces, este es un, es un buen documental para ver uh -huh. para ustedes que quieren saber más de este tema y también para ustedes que quieren ayudar. So, for those of you that want to help out, hay una buena oportunidad al encla um, enclave caro uh, caracol. Por, caracol, uh -huh. caracol. Por ellos que quieren ayudar a los migrantes hondureños que ya ellos están recibiendo donaciones y esas cosas. Entonces, for those that want to help, check out uh, Enclave Caracola and we'll write it in the show notes for those that want to help out with hung, uh, the Honduran immigrants. Más que esa, yo quise notar que hoy asistí al evento a USD, University of San Diego, sí. y que ellos hicieron un evento al centro de John B. Croc, al the School of Peace Studies, y es un, como un teaching, se llama uh, Migrant Caravan Tijuana, y este evento era pues bien perrón, que tenían como cuatro personas que eran profesores o uh, profesionales en este campo, y platicaban de la migración y todo eso y tenían muchas cosas interesantes por contar y me dio mucho gusto para asistir a este mm -hmm. evento porque R Rachel Christensen, mm -hmm. eh, ella me, me dio cuenta de este evento okay. y entonces muchísimas gracias a University of San Diego pa, por traer este, este evento hoy. Por dar cuenta de, de la situación aquí en Tijuana. ¿Qué fue lo que más resaltó del tema que viste? Pues lo que ellos platicaban, la mayoría eran como lo que, para, lo que, lo que se parece como faltas en la administración actualmente estadounidense. Uh -huh. Como con Trump y esas cosas. Como uh -huh. en particular um, la falta de buen rendimiento de, de los Border Patrol en comparación de otros fases, otros, otros ramas del estado uh, federal estadounidense, mm -hmm. en particular como um, FBI, ICE, mm -hmm. ellos que por cualquier razón hay, una, hay un nivel más, más alto mm -hmm. de, de pobre rendimiento por ese Border Patrol. ¿A qué te refieres con, con pobre rendimiento? Pues como, como um, documentado casos de abuso uh -huh. a, a las personas. Uh -huh. Hablaban de alguien, se llama el Green Monster, uh -huh. como un supuesto Border Patrol agent uh -huh. que se, se mató a como a menos como cuatro mujeres uh -huh. en el medio del desierto como en Texas. Okay. Y Laredo, me comentaste. En Laredo, en Laredo, sí, ándale. Entonces, pues hablaban mucho de eso, pero ya yeah, había mucho por, por aprender. Y en particular historias personales de, de los expertos allá que trabajan con personas como en Asylum, en uh -huh. uh, Asilio. ¿Algo que hayan mencionado de este caso en lo particular de los centroamericanos? 
Um, de los hondureños, pues, platicaban de, de su viaje entre la bestia y lo que ellos tenían que hacer por llegar aquí. Platicaban del, de la, de, del gobierno de su país uh -huh. y la, las condiciones pobres allá de donde vi, vienen. Y es, es algo que la verdad para nosotros, obviamente eres tijuanense, pero pienso de ti como un peer. Like, I think of you as a peer. Uh -huh. Casi como que nosotros los dos, como puro, puro estadounidenses, uh -huh. en que jamás vamos a entender uh -huh. lo que es para vivir como ellos han vivido uh -huh. allá. Como eh, las condiciones de pobreza y todo eso que jamás vamos a dar cuenta. Sí, y creo que eso es muy importante mencionar porque las personas localmente, obviamente te cuesta trabajo reconocer lo afortunado o privilegiado que eres en la zona en la que vives a comparación de zonas más marginadas. Sí. Entonces, en, en inglés le llaman relative deprivation. En español no sé exactamente cómo traducirlo, pero tiene que ver con esta diferencia en la calidad de vida que tienes a comparación con la persona que tienes a un lado. Sí. Entonces, mi calidad de vida a comparación de una en Tijuana, a comparación de una persona en San Diego para... Puede ser, dependiendo de cómo lo veas, muy baja, ¿no? Por, por lo que... En comparación. En comparación. Pero si me comparas con, con un, una persona aquí en Tijuana, tengo una calidad de vida bastante cómoda, bastante alta, por, por la comparación que estoy haciendo. Uh -huh. Ahora, si hago esa comparación con una persona de una zona rural de México, pues aún más esa diferencia uh -huh. positiva hacia mí. Y ahora si hago una comparación con una zona rural en Centroamérica, pues soy millonario. O sea, vivo de lo más privilegiado y de lo más sano y seguro a comparación, ¿no? Entonces creo que, que nos cuesta trabajo reconocer de que si nosotros estuviéramos en esas circunstancias, empatizaríamos un poquito más. Sí. Y, y por otro lado, creo que el centroamericano, hondureños, que son de los que más se mencionan, también les cuesta mucho trabajo reconocer de que están en un lugar muy distinto a lo que fue el país de origen de donde vienen. O sea, sí. las circunstancias son diferentes, los comportamientos son diferentes, la cultura es muy diferente, el clima es muy diferente. No hay que subir el, el muro a las playas. O sea, está, o sea, están, <ríe> y es, caminar arriba. Porque no están ayudando su causa. Yeah, Entonces es, son cuestiones muy interesantes por que, que al, tomar. ¿no? Y, cre otro lado. Ajá, y creo que podríamos hablar por horas y horas de, del tema, sí. ¿no? pero pero sí siento que son eh, situaciones muy difíciles de encontrar solución, pero pues esas han sido las experiencias de lo que veo y, y sé que como todo cambio social, mi opinión es de que se van a poner peor las cosas antes de que se pongan mejor, mm. pero no, no, por, no para local, no para nosotros, no para el extranjero, no para la persona que viene de visita, sino mm. las circunstancias de que van a... Van a 
a pasar más tiempo esperando una solución de lo que quisieran. Sí. Entonces, el, el apoyo que se pueda dar verdaderamente es para mitigar, reducir las consecuencias negativas de un fenómeno social que ya está sucediendo, ¿no? Pues algo que, que nos, nos contaron hoy al evento es que la Ruanda de Tijuana, el alcalde, que, tiene, que, que van a tener un, como un job fair grande uh -huh. por los hondureños que quieren quedarse uh -huh. a trabajar. Entonces, sí. es, a, lo, a lo menos esa es una, una foquita de esperanza. Sí, y también sé de grupos de, de abogados que vienen desde Nueva York y otras partes de Estados Unidos que vienen a apoyar la causa para, para ayudar con, con trámites de migración. Sé de muchas personas aquí localmente que están ayudando a conseguir donativos, comida, a dar clases, a, a traducir, a, a conseguir necesidades básicas como champú uh -huh. y jabón y todo, este, o simplemente apoyar como voluntarios. Uh, entonces, también son momentos que sacan, sacan lo humano y lo positivo, ¿no? Y, y la gente aprende mucho de lo que es capaz de hacer por el bien común. Uh, uh, that. Uh -huh. Quiero decir muchísimas gracias. De nada. Let's get it back to English. It's about that time. Okay, so let's switch it back. I, I talked about only the slightest, littlest bit of everything that I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. my show notes. I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. Yeah. So what I want to do is recap what we just talked about in English, mm -hmm. but then I'm just going to kind of blast through in English what, what I wanted to talk about. So we just talked about immigration. We talked about what it's looking like here in Tijuana. We talked about personal stories, personal Uh, things that we've been witnessing, which really, in the grand scheme of things, like we've been fine where we live, and the majority of Tijuana is just totally fine. But yeah, there, there's the fact that there are 8,000 Honduran refugees in our city and uh, places where they're staying and things like that. There's areas that are affected. And um, thankfully, there's ways that we here in Tijuana and those of us in San Diego can, can be down here to help out. Yeah. One thing I mentioned is to check out uh, uh, Enclave Caracol. And I'll put that in the show notes. That's a great way that it's right by the uh, the Archway in Revolución, mm -hmm. and they do some great stuff there uh, to help out immigrants with uh, with fooding, with, with fooding, with lodging, with uh, with with feeding, with clothing. So that that's just a great place to go. So I'll definitely be putting that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. There's a great documentary. Uh, Vice Magazine puts one out about the immigration. Uh, situation here in Tijuana is from a number of years ago, but Professor Victor Clark Alfaro is featured in there, yeah. who I've talked about him before in the podcast. Um, he's a professor at San Diego State University, and he teaches a master's level course called The Life and Culture of Tijuana that uh, is just great. And but I talked a little bit about the events that I had attended today at USD in San Diego mm -hmm. uh, at the Joan B. Croc School of Peace, and, uh, excuse me, School of Peace Studies, and it was a teach-in. And the topic was the migrant caravan of Tijuana. And it was this panel of about four professors and experts in the area of immigration and working with refugees in Tijuana and, and in Latin America. And it was great. It was very informative. And it made me feel honored to be on, on campus today to attend that and know that this school wants to help out. And in particular, uh, I received the invite from Rachel Christensen, who we've known one another for the last couple of years through San Diego State, mm -hmm. but she works at USD in the, the Transborder Institute, and um, they're connected with the, the School of Peace. And uh, she was just, she just gave a TEDx talk 
uh, here in Tijuana uh, titled Beyond Your Border. So I'm going to have a link to that here in the show notes. And it was great about Tijuana, about basically border blending, about being yeah. someone who lives on both sides of the border and and travels and works and, and all of that. And He's talking uh, about me. <laughs> it was just talking about me. I happen to have been one of five of her her associates and just friends mentioned in there uh, yeah. who are doing board blending stuff. And there were some other things that I wanted to mention that I'll mention now yep. that I didn't even get into as we were talking. A number of weeks ago, my wife and I, we went to Esquivel, which is at the top of Esquina Serra mm -hmm. in Revolucion. Uh, it's a uh, co-working space, right? The top of the co-working the, the very top, yeah, it's the top of the co-working space, but this is basically like bar, social venue, great great view of downtown Tijuana. It was, it was a really cool place. It's basically a bar, yeah. but they, they did uh, an event there called Borderless Waters, and it was it was sponsored by Patagonia and Costa Salvaje. Mm -hmm. And uh, our last podcast episode where we interviewed Alan Lindenthal mm -hmm. from the podcast Corocaus and from his band Tua Lengua, yeah, they uh, they had performed. Tulengua performed, and their binational bilingual hip hop band, mm -hmm. and that was great. That was yeah. a great, great event. So I can place that in the show notes here as well. And my wife and I had attended your workshop, yeah, called Love and Seduction in the Digital Age. That was at Index Open Studios, yeah, just off a of revolution. You want you want to tell us a, a recap? No, of that just for a minute? I mean, uh, it's it was a fun little workshop that I did based on knowledge and work from amazing people that I've had the opportunity to kind of learn from uh, one of them in particular, Neil Strauss. Uh, the others have been Esther Perel and um, Robert Green. So uh, just shout out to all the work and amazing stuff that they do. And it was just a, a, a condensed version of what it is to, to date and to be able to have positive interpersonal relationships in this modern age of the, mm -hmm. of the internet. Right. So and my wife and I you know. were married and, but we still attended and we still learned a bit and, and it, cr it created some great conversation for her and I afterwards yeah. that was very needed. So, so thank you for hey, the workshop. Welcome. So we'll, we'll have more information on that and always glad to, to share and, and get new experiences. Uh, it was around that time that I had attended as well the event Nero 48 yeah, and which is pop -up shop, Nero 48 pop-up yeah. shop Nero 48. And, uh, it happens what twice a year here in Tijuana. It happens once a year, I believe in San Diego and once a year in LA. Yeah. And it's basically, um, a and binational bridge of, <laughs> of creatives and, and cross-border business. Mm -hmm. And just think of a just cool hipster stuff that you'd see from North park mm -hmm. represented here in a binational flavor yeah. between San Diego, Tijuana, and Los Angeles. It was great. Um, I met a gentleman who he's starting a new boutique hotel that's going to be just off of Constitución y Sexta yeah. in downtown, right across from Cafe Baresca. Mm -hmm. So that should be coming up within a number of months, and that's going to be, I imagine, a really cool uh, boutique hotel. But ran into Miguel Marshall, David, um, David Poguero, and so it just it was a cool event. So it happens twice a year. So yeah. you guys listening, uh, Nero Forty Eight. I'll have show notes uh, on that. And you have an up and coming event, right? That might be passed when. This yes, yeah. This Saturday, it's coming up. So it's it's going to be in two days. This podcast won't be out before that, but uh, whatever. Uh, next it, one, next it, one. The, for the next one. Um, it's it's called the Twelve Block Posada Walk, and we meet this Saturday. In downtown TJ, and we're going to be uh, walking around and, and talking about uh, what the significance of Mexican posada and how that differs from uh, the traditional U.S. celebration of of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, 
We're going to be walking to spots known to Tijuana locals for their Christmas season significance. Yeah, and I think one thing that's very important to kind of mention based on on the work that, that you're going to be doing with this Posada and the, the topic of the podcast is that basically Posada is translates roughly to providing shelter to a stranger. Right. So, very timely, no? Yeah, so this very, year. very timely. So that kind of cool. Just wanted to, to kind of shout that out there. Another thing I wanted to mention, Yasmin and I, we've been attending a church in Palais called uh, Eastlake, uh-huh. which their their main church is a church out of uh, out of uh, Chula Vista, uh-huh. but they have different uh, locations around Southern California, even up in Washington. But we've got one here in, in, in Palais. We're going to be they're planning on launching one in Zona Rio and in the one in Zona Rio in particular, they want to do a lot of work with immigrants and things like that. And, and this, this church, they've, they've been doing a lot of good work lately. Um, we did a, a Thanksgiving feeding. We were only anticipating 300 families. The church was able to bless 600 different families out in Palais mm-hmm. with Thanksgiving dinner. And then they're going to be doing this Saturday as well. Uh, a toy drive. Yeah, they're just going to be giving a whole bunch of free toys out for families in Playa. So just just cool practical stuff. That's why my my wife and I we like uh, we like the church East Lake Playa. So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess really just a couple last things here as we yeah. close up. Mente Abierta. Yeah, we always mention yeah. your you. podcast for those of you that want to take the the Spanish listening to uh, the next level. Yeah, Alex's podcast is 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 doing really well now, and it's all in Spanish mm-hmm. and. So there's a lot to learn. Yeah, it's a little more long form kind of type of podcast. And it's always just about talking to interesting, amazing people and, and seeing where the conversation goes. So if you want to head over to Mente Abierta as part of my projects, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. And we just got a new podcast uh, episode up uh, yesterday. So Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And one last thing to mention, what you had mentioned to me today, I was very saddened. Yeah. to hear of a, of a passing. Yeah. So, so this is um, kind of opportune, I suppose. And I, I would want to kind of just put it out there as a way of uh, remembrance of, of a person, a colleague and, and somewhat of a mentor of mine, a, f- a family friend who just recently passed away yesterday. His name is uh, Roberto Barbara, Professor Barbara. He uh, used to run the Tijuana School of Social Work. The director, yeah. Yeah, he was the director for the Tijuana School of Social Work here in Tijuana. Uh, very, very active in the community. Pretty much uh, responsible for uh, many of the social work graduates here in, in, in Tijuana and for a lot of social work that has been done in Tijuana. A lot of binational collaborations yeah. uh, that we did together. And well, we're just kind of happy to have been able to meet him and work together with him. And our best goes out to to his friends and family. And he'll be in our hearts. And we'll just keep in mind that life is short, and we got to do the best we can. So, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've met Roberto various times while while I was studying at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also visit the the Tijuana School of Social Work, and was interested in in some sort of collaboration. So I, I sat in his office a few times and, and we met and we spoke. So um, it sounds like you would have known him even more than, than I, but I, I still met him a number of times and he was a great guy. Yeah. So, so, so I, was, I know I was him, sad and I was surprised. Yeah, I know him uh, before I was born pretty much because he, huh. he was a friend of my family uh, since my parents are teachers and they used to work at the same school. So I've, I've known, we've known each other for a long time and just recently for the past, 
five years we started collaborating with the work that we were doing so um, thoughts and prayers out to to the family mm-hmm. uh well well that's it uh, that was episode three so episode, thank you alex as, as always having us here in your place again i'm, I'm jim Wilson, community director of emerging live in tijuana uh we're here again working with americans in tijuana to learn spanish and experience of the mexican culture and as well to work with san diegans who are interested in coming to Tijuana for these reasons. Yeah, and I am Alejandro Hierro, binational liaison and mentor for Nomadic Project. We'll leave some of our stuff there so you can check it out. Also great workshop presentation. Yeah, pres- just, just presenter. Uh, we know that firsthand. A little bit of, a, of opportunities to connect with people, to share knowledge and to, to allow opportunities to bring uh, people's projects and life goals uh, into the world, finding purpose and um, making things better for everyone all around. So yeah, so that's what okay, we do. Okay, cool, fantastic. And people can find us on on social media, on on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, for for us at Emerging Living, we're at emergingliving.com. Uh, we have our YouTube channel, uh, Emerging Living Tijuana. We have this podcast. Uh, um, again, our website. Uh, I'm kind of dizzy managing it all, but it's, it's cool. It's the fun. Links in the description. Links yeah, in the yeah, description yeah, yeah, in yeah. the show notes. Uh, please, 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 please share with your friends, uh, comment, like, and do all those kind of social media things that we love to do because uh, it really helps um, just kind of get the word out there and, and motivates us to continue doing what we're doing in our spare time. <laughs> Muchísimas gracias de nuevo por escuchar. Muchas gracias a todos. Okay, bye guys. Nos Thanks. Nos vemos. Bye bye. Adiós. <laughs>